This is the Youpreneur FM podcast, where each week we bring you the strategies and resources you need to build, market, and monetize a profitable, future-proof business around your knowledge and expertise. And now, here's your host, international business mentor and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Ah, yes, hello there and welcome to episode number 384 of Youpreneur FM. Hope you're doing very well. We're going back in time again this episode. Not too far back, however. We're a little back in time. I'm going to go into that in a little more detail in just a quick second. However, I hope no matter where you're tuning in from that you are safe and sound and healthy and happy and that you're surrounded with the people that you love the most as we continue here to uh, battle on and uh, continue to stay positive, however, proactive active and not reactive. We talked about that not so long ago on the show. So as I alluded to here in the early part of my intro, we're going to go back in time again. We had such a great response actually from last week's episode where I basically replayed an audio version of a very exclusive Youpner Academy workshop with the fantastic Vivica Van Rosen on utilizing LinkedIn to create more lead opportunities in your business, to be able to build your personal brand on that platform, a platform which, to be frank, I know very little about. I'm not very active on LinkedIn. However, that is changing now, thanks to the help of Vivica and lots of other great people on the team. But this week, I wanted to dive into one of our exclusive Academy chit-chats. Now, again, this is content that you will see in video, long-form content um, inside of the Youpreneur Academy. We don't post these videos anywhere else online. There might be the odd snippet here and there up on social, but ultimately they are 100% exclusive inside of the Youpreneur Academy at youpreneuracademy.com. So if that's your jam and you like what you're about to hear, head over to that URL at some point and check it all out. We've got some special promotions going on right now as well when it comes to joining the Youpreneur Academy. So that's youpreneuracademy.com if you're interested. So today I'm going to zoom back to the beginning of this year where I sat down with my good friend Todd Herman and we talked all about authenticity and using our alter egos, which he wrote the book, The Alter Ego Effect on, um, to be able to not only lean into that authenticity as personal brand entrepreneurs, but also truly take everything that we're doing up to another level. And that authenticity actually is huge for Todd. He, it's kind of like one of those thorns in his side (laughs) where he just doesn't let go. Like when he goes on a rant, which he does on a number of occasions through this chat, it's great to sit back and just kind of listen, just listen in plain simple. So we're going to talk about things like why it's important uh, and and uh, to, to be kind of playful with what you're doing in regards to unlocking that authenticity. We're going to be talking about why alter egos specifically are Todd's number one weapon of choice when it comes to helping people make change happen in their lives, in their business. And uh, we're going to be going on to a whole bunch of other stuff as well. It's a fantastic conversation. I'll circle back round to you at the end of it all. But here's myself and Todd chatting it up, chit-chat style, inside of the Youpreneur Academy. Youpreneur FM, your number one personal brand business podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome to the first edition of Inside the Chrome Dome with Todd Herman. (laughs) I'm going to talk to Chris Tucker. (laughs) 
inside the chrome dome. We could do this. That's yeah. We could do this. When when I when I launch my show, it's which is going to be called Between the Ears for your episode. It'll be between inside the Chrome Dome. I love it. Todd Herman's in the house, my fellow Youpreneurs. Welcome back to another. You got to leave that opening. Oh, Tony. <laughs> We don't edit stuff at Youpreneur. No, Everybody knows no. this. Um, it's great to have you guys back for another monthly chit-chat. I'm sitting down with the man, the myth, the legend, the incomparable Todd Herman. Yeah. And, uh, you have to tag me that way on uh, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. That's everywhere. The, it's the only way I'll respond. Yeah, incomparable, particularly. <laughs> yeah. um, Todd is all about high performance. He's about helping people build the best version of themselves, no matter what they're doing, and a whole lot more as well. The new book... The Alter Ego Effect, massive bestseller, tons and tons of chit-chatter about it all over the internet, both during as well as after launch as well. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on that, because it's not, it's not easy, easy to launch no. a book that successfully. You've been traveling around everywhere. You've been speaking on stages everywhere. Yeah. I have one question I want to kickstart with straight away, and it's from my own weird Sort of just personal experience. Personal, yeah. What's your worst speaking experience of all time? Yeah, uh, we were chatting about this just quickly before, yeah, because because it's quite it's it's quite close, yeah, to each yeah. other, right? Yeah. So uh, about geez, 15, 16 years ago, I was speaking at the uh, largest gathering of like student associations in. America, like Greek fraternities, sororities, the leaders. How many? Of, how many people? There's about fourteen thousand, thirteen thousand people at the <laughs> okay. MGM, MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. Right. And uh, I'm doing a talk to them on the power of first impression and uh, how to get into the mental game of you know winning uh, your interviews and stuff. Like uh, basically preparing them for life after life. university. Yeah, yeah. So I'm up there and uh, I'm about three minutes before I'm closing. And I catch myself up on the big, massive jumbotrons, right? And notice that my fly is not just down, but I'm like singing the songs to the universe, wide open, type of thing. And, uh, now, and this has been like this the entire oh, speech. the entire time. The entire How time. long is the speech? I don't typically unzip in the middle of a speech like right. that. That would be weirder. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, just for the last I don't couple typically, of minutes, Chris. If right. it's a special crowd, 100%, you know, you're throwing a little you're bit of extra. You're kind of feeling the vibe. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, so, I, so I catch myself. But my one skill from, uh, from playing sports and being around sports a lot is the ability to, like, think quick. Okay. Trash talk, all that kind of stuff. Right, 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 right. And so I ended my talk with, uh, now. Oh, this is, oh, go. A lot of you um, would have noticed that the guy that's been standing up here talking about the value of a first impression has had his fly down the entire time. And what most of you would have lost then what because of that swerve. is the the value of the content that I just shared with you. Because you were snickering to your friends, you were giggling <laughs> or laughing about it or just rolling your eyes in your head like, this guy's an absolute idiot. Um, and so if you take nothing else away, it's that that is the value of first impression. This is good. And everyone just like, you could see actually there was this one row where it was almost like a domino effect of people just going like, oh, he had us going the whole time. Yeah. 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 And uh, so that I walk off stage and like it was, they were going crazy. So I walk off stage and uh, the organizer of the event, she looked at me and she said, you're either the smartest guy I've ever met or you're the fastest thinker. I don't know which one it is. And I said, it ain't the smartest. <laughs> 
What a great story. I, uh, I didn't, that, that didn't, yeah, that didn't happen with me. I don't think that quickly. I waited. I did a 45 minute session at the National Speakers Association in Philadelphia in front of a room full of other speakers who should all know better. Yeah. Um, and one lady came up to me after I'd signed a load of books and talked to a ton of people. And we're talking half an hour after the speech has ended. Yeah. Did you know your flyers are down? <laughs> The whole time, I'm even I'm posing for selfies and yeah, shit. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And then well, my response back to her would have been just simply like, "Yeah, but was the speech good?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, she did say there was some good stuff. In How there. was my diction? So How was yeah. my diction? It was. Good. How was my diction? Yeah. I don't know. It's a good word. Um, where do we go? Let's from just here? Talk, let's just talk about words, <laughs> like words that we like and don't like. Well, okay. Which word do you really like? What's one of your favorite words? Uh, <laughs> this is high quality content. This is why they pay is, the memberships every month. This is it. Well, this is how you get inside of people's heads. Yeah. Word that I really, really like is, um, whew, and I bring it up, and all of a sudden I'm getting stumped. Okay, so you know, behind the scenes here, gang, I just came over on a flight from New yeah. York. My my seat was broken and didn't recline, so I'm I'm lacking a little bit of sleep right now. Yeah, but uh, umbrus, umbrus, yeah, okay, it's a good word. Yeah, it's a good word. I like uh, there's a couple. Uh, one of them is um, uh, flabbergasted. Mm -hmm. I like flabbergasted quite a bit. I don't use it anywhere near as much as I should. I think it's the flabber in it. Flabber. Not as much the gasted. The flabber yeah. in it is good. I also love willy-nilly. Oh, yeah. you are. You're a willy-nilly guy. Yeah. You're totally willy-nilly. <laughs> True story. You'll love this. Um, at the first ever tropical think tank over in the Philippines, we have uh, Amy Porterfield, John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, a whole bunch of other people speaking. And uh, I think it was Amy Porterfield that said, hey, let's have a secret word that we all have to drop on the stage, on stage. right? That only we will know, and let's see whether anyone else picks up on it. And uh, Amy Porterfield picked penetration. <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking about virtual staff at this. I, I struggled horrifically to try and yeah. find the word, how, to, how I could put the word penetration. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking off camera at Morgan over here. Um, I can't even remember how I did it, but I do remember that there were several very, very yeah. good sentences. Some droppings. Yeah, very, yeah. very good. So yeah. on that note then. Uh, so I, I hope if, it was Amy Porterfield. Yeah. God, yeah. Uh, I'm sure it was. So there's a, there's a legendary copywriter, Gary Halbert. Yes. Um, like people revere him and he's passed away now. But uh, with one of the companies that I used to own back in 2007, I hired Gary to write us a sales page. And if you know anything about Gary Halbert's story, Gary was famous for making an absolute ton of money, then basically losing it all, and then making a ton of money again. Right. And I had caught him just after he was making a lot of money and was kind of coming back down the hill. And the reason he would start to lose a, lunch, lose a bunch of money is because he would go into these, you know, Coke-fused... Uh, or coke-infused, basically, stupors. Right. So we would get on these calls, and we, he would just, like, talk for, like, three hours. And this is, like, a legendary yeah. copywriter. Like, yeah. the stories about him are hilarious. So we're on this one call, uh, this one time, and I, like, I need to get to, like, other meetings. Right. And he's just not shutting up. So He's got other ideas. So he says to me, uh, Todd, you want to know what one of the highest converting words is you could put in anything? A subject line. A headline, a sentence to connect the next sentence. And I was like, yeah, literally. 
20 second pause. Throbbing. It's the highest converting word you can add in anything, throbbing. So I was like, oh, that's fascinating. And I've shared this with like a couple of like other friends before, like they're in the business community. And so- Have they tried it? Yes. And? and biggest open rates on Southern Stop clients. it. Yeah, so one of my friends who's in the world of like marketing, he like works with, um, you know, uh, Local to mid-sized companies, and they manage a lot of their. Uh, I'm, their I'm pay, sorry. Paid advertising. When you're talking, I'm thinking about how I can <laughs> use this word already. <laughs> so, uh, so he, so the very next day, because I'm on, was on his email list, and everyone resolved that they were going to use this. We were at a dinner. It's actually here sure. in London, actually, five okay. years ago. Okay. I shared this. Alex Icon, um, uh, and uh, anyway, a bunch of others, and uh, <laughs> his his headline said, um, "It was throbbing." Dot dot dot. And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, this is well done." Yes. Well done. Yes. And then he's and then his his sentence on his opener inside was, my head was throbbing. Oh. I had this wicked headache, all because of this one client. And that it, like just it was very kind of like normalized all of a sudden. Yeah. But yeah, it's he's dead on. Gary's dead on. Like when when you can lose that word. So there you go. Flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. You didn't know that this was going on in this direction. I know, but it's neither did anyone else awful. here. So there but you go. But this is what it, these yeah. are. These are yeah. chit chats. It's, chit chats. This is unwrapping the golden wrapper on the Ferrero Rocher. Yeah, we're we're, yeah. we're recording this at quarter to five in the afternoon. If we'd have started fifteen minutes later, we could have been doing this over bourbon. I've done these yeah. over bourbon. You know. Yeah. Can you drink bourbon before five p.m.? I mean, you can, but should you? I mean, is it? I think the rules are very lax on bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna stop right here and get some bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's the thing: alter ego effect. Yeah. At the Youpreneur Summit, and I've been very transparent with these guys. We're batching these videos, obviously. I mean, yeah. We're smart content creators ourselves. Over the weekend, uh, tomorrow mm -hmm. morning, in fact, you will be opening yeah. our third annual Youpreneur Summit with your uh, keynote, the Alter Ego Effect keynote, which I've seen in the flesh. Mm -hmm. You perform already, and it's great. I'm curious to know, I mean, obviously, this is... This book, this keynote, this 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 movement, this focus of yours over the last couple of years, at least anyway, in terms of developing all yeah. this, this hasn't just said, oh, this would be a good idea. Like this is something yeah. that has come out of decades of work from your end anyway. Yeah. Can you and I know you're gonna do it on stage, but can you tell us the story of um, Martin Luther King? Oh yeah. And because it's such a great story, and it's the realization that you had Holy crap, yeah. like if he did that, then yeah. anybody can do it, right? I, uh, so I was, it was another event. It was actually the same year that I did the, the fly down. I was in San Antonio speaking at this big leadership event and I was talking about um, how to lead the new uh, millennial culture because I had just spent six, seven years, because I started in 97 working with young athletes, 12, 13, 14 year olds that were all part of that millennial crowd. And, um, and continue to advance and you know I ended up getting to work with pro athletes but I was talking about how to like what they actually need that's slightly different than say us the Gen X generation um, so I was up there talking about that and through that kind of uh, story journey that I was talking about I had mentioned that when I got into my business I was you know insecure about myself and I that that this isn't really a big part of the story but I was insecure so I went and bought a pair of glasses and that's you know who I stepped into was super Richard in order to become the business leader so you put the glasses on yeah and, and yeah. that's where the transformation happened and uh, and I talk about it in the book 
So anyway, I get off stage and I'm talking to people afterwards. And this lady comes up and she said, I loved your talk. But specifically, I love that you wore fake glasses because Martin wore fake, fake glasses too. And I looked down at her badge and it was Coretta Scott King, Martin Luther King's wife. Um, and, and I was like, oh, really? And so then she went into this. She's like, yeah, all, even his friends don't know that. But when he would sit down to write, he would put on his glasses, his writing glasses, and that's when he would step into his distinguished self, this alter ego that he would use to write all of his speeches so that he could say the things that he wanted to say yeah. in order to go out there and lead a movement where he didn't want to personally, with his maybe own insecurities, get in the way of it because he felt like it was so important, obviously. And, you know, just that kind of, I had already started uh, teaching others on the alter ego, like other athletes, because I kind of found that it was this golden thread weaving the best of the best Were together. Were you calling it? That particularly at the time? No, at the time I was calling it character crafting. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Crafting the character that's going to go out there custom built to help you win on that field. Right. Because um, you, you were working at the time like a lot of NFL guys. You yeah. Still it was, it was actually um, NFL came probably a couple of years later. But at that time I was really big in the National Hockey League and Major League Baseball and um, uh, PGA, like the golf tours. Yeah. yeah. And then it's funny because at any one time, I'll be big in one league and have less clients in another. So, like, right. it just comes this way because it's I'll, all that entire business is built off of referral only. You can only get to me via referral. Right. Uh, and that's because I don't share who I work with. You know, that privacy, that, mm -hmm. like, super mm -hmm. high level of trust. Is sure, like yeah. really, And that's what drives that business. But, um, yeah, so, but after, after that, then I was like, oh, wow. She, so that conversation actually led me to go and explore where it's applied outside of sport. Because I actually thought it was a very sports-specific thing. Right. Not something that was like would be used as much in the world of business. Yeah, fair comment, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I just kind of kept on accumulating more and more stories of other people. And it's one of, those, it's one of these things that, and other people have said it, they're like, I can't unsee this now. Mm. Now I see it in interviews where someone drops a line and it would pretty much go unnoticed any other time. But now that you know about alter egos, they're like, oh my God, they just mentioned like persona yeah. or identity or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Because it's a part of the human condition. Like we all do this. This is actually what our creative imagination, our real superpower is built to do, yeah. is to create stories and narratives in our head. Most people just don't grab the steering wheel of it and steer it themselves towards what it is that they want to do or how they want to show up. Yeah. Because they feel trapped by some idea of who and what they are. And, um, yeah, that alter ego is, it's just, for me, it became my, my number one weapon of choice when helping people make change happen really fast. Because when have, you change identity, you change everything. Oh, totally. So where, where have you seen this, and obviously you can't name names, but where have you seen this work? Is there one particular type of person or one particular industry where you see this and it just, it's an instant kind of change like straight away or is it a gradual thing regardless of what's 100%, going on 100 it's black americans oh, oh really black americans really grab it faster than anyone else why because and i've had these discussions with people on stages i've said it like as and i mean this isn't about like race or anything like no, that no, it's no. just as a group because you know they're a minority group in a population and the media, this was a conversation I had after one of my events because I brought it up on stage and then there happened to be a whole bunch of former pro athletes that were in the crowd and then we actually started gathering around and we started kind of unpacking it because I said, I'm curious about this 
I have I, I have a couple of my reasons already that I know to be true from my clients because we just discuss it. And then a few others, uh, we sort of were standing around talking and, and one of the gentlemen said, they're like, you know, it's really interesting that you said that on stage and thank you for saying it because, you know, in today's day and age, typically a white male guy isn't going to go up there and bring up some, some something about race. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, because A, I don't adopt the same social tropes that everyone else is falling yeah. into the trap of. Like, I mean, it's a joke. A lot of the stuff that's being talked about nowadays um, and people are just finding excuses to just be freaking average right now. Mm. Like every people need to like sack up and, you know, deal with life because yep. it ain't perfect. It's yep. not supposed to be. Yep. Um, you know, for all of us, like the idea that somehow a white guy like me hasn't had any issues in life. Right. Read my board, read my backstory because you're going to find a few. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, the, the one guy was saying that growing up, I didn't have anyone on television that looked like me. Hmm. And so when I'm watching Friends, what I did in my own head was I converted Monica and Chandler and Rachel and Ross and everybody into who would play those characters if they were black. So just the fact that they stayed really, they just stayed really glued into their creative imagination more so than, because a lot of our thinking is done for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right? yeah, yeah. I don't need to pretend that Ross is something else. No one else. And the other one was that um, they have a high rate of uh, lack. They, they have a, um, they, a lot of them don't come, or a lot of them come from single family homes. They have a mom, they don't have a dad. Right. And so they would play in their own head who would be their dad. Right. And that one was like, when that when he shared that one, that's when everyone was like, mic drop. And even me, I was like, oh my God, gold. that makes so much yeah. sense, so yeah. much gold. So yeah, as a group, you know, because again, some people are like, they kind of want to, they kind of really want to use the idea of the alter ego. Sure. But some people are so concerned about, yeah, but is this about being inauthentic? Or I just want to be authentic. And why can't I just be my real self and all that? And I'm like, well, how's that working for you? I want to talk about that in a minute. It, this takes me back very vividly, actually, to my high school days. I was studying um, everything from Aikido to Wing Chun to Karate through most of my teens and into my early 20s. And there was one particular uh, British-born Chinese guy. His name was Justin uh, at high school. Um, but he was adopted by um, a, a white family here, yeah. in, here in the UK. And I remember the first time I ever met him. I remember I was a, I'm still a massive Bruce Lee fan. Yeah, huge Bruce Lee fan. And so I saw him over the playground. It was like a week into the first new term of school or whatever. And I saw him over the playground, and he was he was sort of almost being bullied, but he kind of wasn't. And I could see a couple of the guys kind of giving him some crap, but he he was standing up for himself, and he, and he did this, huh, huh, which Bruce used to do a lot. You know, the oh, cockiness no kind of thing, right? Yeah. And I thought, oh, it's all going to kick off here. This is going to be great. But afterwards, I went over to the guy and I was like, I saw you doing that. And he goes, yes, my hero, Bruce Lee. You know, whenever I feel like I'm backed into a corner, I just pretend that I'm Bruce. Yeah. And I was like, that's great. And we became friends. But then obviously, as I got to know him better, the family thing, yeah. being adopted. And it was his way of being able to like, I don't know, come out of some sort of yeah. shell or like the Superman thing, ripping off the shirt or whatever, 100%, right? Yeah. yeah. And then that's just a perfect example of like, we actually do a lot of these things naturally. That's what I'm talking about in the book is like, uh, is showing people that you've actually done most of these things already. I just spent a lot of years noticing these things mm. and then packaging it up into a system that basically was like flicking the natural psychological switches that are already existing in people's heads to unlock performance. Yes. Um, so it's natural. And I mean, at the end of the day, all of the stuff that I've ever done in my entire 
professional career has been about one goal. How can I get people into the zone in the flow state? Mm. Everything I do has to be, all avenues and streets have to be leading back, back to there because that's where all of someone's capabilities comes out. Mm. Like unfettered from terrible self-talk or self-judgment or concern and worry about what other people are thinking about them, um, what's happening in the circumstance in the situation uh, or whatever. And using the creative imagination and being playful. Playfulness is the key thing here. Because uh, playfulness is what young children between the ages of one and seven are doing so naturally. Yes. So what? So I find that fascinating. Well, what is it about that age? What's going on in their brain? Turns out what's going on in their brain between the age of one and seven is they are locked in what's called the theta brainwave state. Theta brainwave state, if you know, there's delta, which is like super deep restful sleep. Theta is like... Um, creative access. You also access it during sleep time. Then there's alpha and then there's beta. Alpha is like really good focus. And then beta is like higher thinking skills. It's like right. reasoning and judgment. It's a lot of times what's happening in, the, in like uh, an interview like this. That's why, you know, a lot of times in long form interviews, you end up getting the best content in about the last 35, 40 minutes. Right. Because there's a flow that was developed. Right, right, right. right. So, um, but we're pros. We can get into it in like a minute. Ooh, we're, like that's, dude, you rocked it out after like uh, three seconds. It didn't take long <laughs> at all. It didn't take long at all. Uh, so theta brainwave state. So I find that fascinating. Then what are they all doing in theta brainwave state between <clears throat> one and seven? Well, one of the things that's coming out of the, that, that age gap is that it's the uh, highest degree of, you know, personal development, right? Mm. Like that's where you learn everything yeah. is in that state. Well, that's fascinating to me. Um, again, to be curious with this stuff. And what else are they doing? Well, they're being super playful, right? They're all playing with their identity all the time. Yes. What could I do if yeah. I was a nurse or I'm a teacher now? Yeah. Or, hey, do you want to play dolls? And all this. Why my kids walking around with a lightsaber all the time? Yeah. Hitting me all and the you time. should now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I got seriously, one. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually ordered another one. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's the great joy of having kids around our home that are so young now is, is that they, they truly bring the playfulness back. So my point about that is playfulness is this like magical golden key to unlock the, it's the final lock to open up kind of that zone and flow state for people. How does, let's wrap up on this. I'm yeah. curious to know what your thought process is on this real quick. How and where does authenticity come into all of this? Because some people might say, well, if you're being somebody else, even if it's just inside your own brain, you're not being authentic yeah. to yourself. The reality cetera, is everyone's right? being someone else. Right. Not everyone is actually acting through, you know, because no one actually, most people don't really know who they are. And even that question alone, who are you? It's actually a trapping question in my world. I, I don't ask anyone, who are you? Because who are you is a trap because there's no one you, right? Everyone knows this. That's why the about page on your website and the resume that you write are the hardest two documents you'll ever yeah. write in your life. Yeah. Because everyone knows like, well, I'm way more than this page. I'm yeah. way more than this bullet point of resume, you know? And then, uh, so, you know, if you follow the breadcrumbs on this, you'll show that there's many things that we do as human beings that are traps. The idea of you, there is no one you. Okay. I talk about it. I'm not going to go into it because people watch the keynote and I talk about multiple self theory. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no one you, there is a body that houses many forms of me that show up on different fields of play and roles in my life. So authenticity and authentic self, I think that they are, the, the words have value. I get what they, I get what people mean by that. 
But most people are using that idea of authenticity and authentic self as a virtue signal nowadays to basically excuse away shitty behavior. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was just me being authentic. No, that was you, you being an asshole, actually. That <laughs> yeah. is, that's me, just you not being very let's nice. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's not being authentic. That's you lacking the skill of maybe how to handle people that just don't act like you do. Right. Right. And so, um, yeah, so I don't play around with that idea. I, I think of, I think if more people thought of, okay, I'm going to build my own world. And in, you know, when I think of that person's world over there, that person, just ignore the beeping sounds. This is, we don't charge for sounds here. No, whatsoever. it's free. Yeah, it's all free. Sounds are free. free and we're in, we're in the city of London. Yeah, they're, they're the best sounds in the world. They're just backing up the truck to this interview to load us up and take us away. Um, <laughs> the sound guy sitting over there with his headphones thinking, what the heck am I going to do? <laughs> there you go. Saved you. There, there you go. go. That was You're done. Four hours of work saved. <laughs> that was me being authentic. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, anyways, I just think that, so if someone else wants to worry about authenticity and authentic self, go right ahead. Fair As someone, I've been on the field of play for 17,000 plus hours working with some of the top elite humans on the planet in sport, entertainment, Hollywood, public figures, leaders, business people, and... I have never heard one of them ever say to me or in an interview, you know what was the real secret to my success? Authenticity and authentic self. Because when you think about like how we all end up having to um, break through things for ourselves to get to that next level, we always come up, come up against this comfort zone, which isn't something that's out there. It's actually something in here mm. that we have to break through. Mm to find another gear, another identity, another way that we see ourselves that can have that next milestone, right? And so if that's the case, then six months ago, were you being inauthentic? Because now today you're slightly right. different. So I don't know, it just doesn't, I don't, you know, everyone else can worry about those words. I'm not going to. Fair play. And it's, it, it actually lightens the load then, it's you know? Good. And it's, it's a word that I think traps many people because it's, it, Inside of that word nowadays, because it's become a meme more than anything else, because mm -hmm. words do, they become tropes, they become memes. And um, I think it's a concern of worrying about what other people are thinking of you. And I'm like, what, why do there I care you if you think I'm being authentic? I just don't care. That's like it. I'm showing up today. I know, I know I'm always gonna show up and I'm gonna be kind to people. That's just a baseline that I have. Yeah. Even though I'm a tough, challenging personality type, I'm not gonna be a dick to people. I just know I'm not, because yeah. it's not in me to do that. So, um, yeah, that's what I think about that. That's it. Todd Herman, not being a dick. <laughs> which is crazy because my first name's Richard, although, so I could be a dick, which would be very be. authentic because yeah. yeah. that's a short point But we still got the weekend. There's still plenty of time. So. <laughs> plenty of time. <laughs> um, thank you, brother, for being here. Appreciate Absolutely. you more than you know. You guys, ToddHerman.com, links to everything below the video. Make sure you go check him out a little bit more, and we'll link to his keynote that he did at the summit as well. Join us in the next episode of uh, Inside the Chrome Dome with Chris Ducker. This is the Youpreneur FM podcast with Chris Ducker. Yeah, so there you have it. Myself and Todd, hope you enjoyed us chatting up a storm there. Looking back on that conversation, actually, that was the day before last year's 
Youpreneur Summit. We filmed that at my hotel suite in London, and uh, it was a great, great afternoon. So Todd, if you're listening in, as I know you sometimes do, thank you very much, my friend, for doing that. Very much appreciate it. For you guys, if you want to get your copy of The Alter Ego Effect and learn a little bit more about Todd and what he does and all the rest of it, you can head over to our show notes page at youpreneur.com forward slash 384. I'll be back again next week with another episode, and we're going to be deep diving on the subject of delegation. This is something I see a lot of people struggling with right now, and I'm going to go even further back into time to bring one exercise to you that fundamentally changed my life. And I'm not using that term lightly. I will let you know exactly what that was in seven days from now. Obviously, unless you're kind of batching your listening of the show and you can listen to it right away. Just hit play on the next episode. Anyway, I'm waffling on. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Youpreneur FM. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, why not head over to our official website at youpreneur.com to access all our tools and resources essential to building, marketing, and monetizing a future-proof business based around your expertise. We'll see you next time.